0: weather a cold and cloudy to overcast with a few rain patches temperatures will linger around 13 degrees during the day a moderate to fresh northerly winds occasionally strong offshore at first the outlook still rather cool with a few rain patches in the next couple of days uh, winds will strengthen from the north and it will become cold appreciably over the weekend Uh, Currently, it's 12 Celsius at the observatory, 93% relative humidity. Backchat is next with uh, Janice Wong
1: and Brian Wong. Uh, First of all, let's get the news headlines from Andrew.
2: The chair of Hong Kong's largest political party says she hopes the latest easing of COVID measures sends a strong signal to the central government and mainland society that Hong Kong is ready for a gradual reopening of the border. But Starry Lee from the DAB says she's doubtful that quarantine-free travel with the mainland can resume by the Lunar New Year in January.
3: I have confidence that it will take pay gradually. But whether or not we can achieve it freely, I would say, quarantine-free, before the Lunar New Year, I think, uh, I hope that it can happen. But at least if they can increase the quota and release the business and and family-related travel first, I would say it is very good news already to us.
2: Ms. Lee also said the mask mandate should be dropped as a last measure as it helps prevent the spread of viruses, not only COVID. She also supported keeping the daily rapid COVID testing of students and teachers. Line am Group Chairman Alan Zeeman has welcomed the latest easing of COVID restrictions meaning the scanning of QR codes under the Leave Home Safe app is no longer required although a vaccine pass is still needed to enter high-risk venues such as restaurants. New arrivals also no longer face so-called Amber Code limits on places they can visit. Mr. Zeman told RTHK the measures will probably be too late to see a boost in tourism over Christmas.
4: I think- might be a little bit late. Most tourists, I'm sure, have already made their plans uh, uh, for the Christmas holidays, which is just around the corner. But uh, especially uh, come Chinese New Year's and the first quarter of, uh, to second quarter of next year, uh, I think tourism will be back. The airport needs it really,
2: really badly. Researchers say a new type of personalized vaccine to treat cancer has produced promising results during trials. The experimental therapy is based on the same mRNA technology that was first used in a COVID vaccine. Just over 150 patients took part in the trial, conducted as a collaboration between two pharmaceutical giants, Moderna and Merck. The chief medical officer of Moderna, Paul Burton, said the results were promising.
5: It's the first randomized trial testing an mRNA therapeutic in in cancer patients. It's shown a 44% reduction in the risk of dying of cancer or having your cancer
2: progress. That's an important finding. And I think it has the potential to be a new paradigm in the treatment of cancer patients. US researchers have announced a major breakthrough in efforts to harness nuclear fusion to generate power, one of the great scientific milestones. The scientists told a news conference they'd overcome a significant barrier, producing more energy from a nuclear fusion experiment than was put in. Ricardo Betti is a professor at the University of Rochester in New York.
0: This is definitely a major breakthrough in the field of nuclear fusion. So this is the first time that thermonuclear fuel, hydrogen isotopes in this case, have been ignited. The simple way to look at this is to think of gasoline in an internal combustion engine, in a car engine. Gasoline is compressed by the cylinder, in the cylinder, by a piston, and it is ignited by the spark from a spark plug. Well, this happened, but uh, instead for gasoline, it happened for a nuclear fuel.
2: The founder of the collapsed cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, has indicated to a court in the Bahamas that he will fight extradition to the U.S. The U.S. authorities have filed eight separate criminal charges against Sam Bankman-Fried, including wire fraud, money laundering, and conspiracy to defraud. He also faces civil charges of misleading investors. Michael Driscoll of the FBI addressed a news conference in New York.
0: Bankman-Fried knowingly defrauded customers of FTX through the misappropriation of customer deposits to pay expenses and debts of, of a different company. In addition, Bankman Freed executed deliberate transactions designed to obscure and disguise the misuse of customer funds. He preyed on his customers, the victims of this case, abusing the trust placed not only in his company, but in himself as the lead of that company.
2: A French court has found guilty seven men and a woman in connection with the Nice terrorist attack six years ago, in which a Tunisian man at the wheel of a truck drove into a crowd, killing 86. The BBC's Hugh Schofield reports.
6: Three Tunisian men were the principal accused. They were known to the driver of the lorry and received texts and Facebook messages from him in the run-up to the attack. None was charged with being part of an actual conspiracy, but the court ruled that they did know in a general way of the man's terrorist inclinations. The other five, who got shorter prison terms, were smaller players who helped provide a gun. The two-month trial was a chance for survivors and families of victims to testify about their memories of a night which has left deep scars
2: on the city of the nice. news from RTHK.
1: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and our guest presenter is Brian Wong. Good morning, Brian. Morning. We're talking about the further easing of COVID measures. From today, the three-day Amber Health Code will be scrapped and travellers can visit restaurants and bars as soon as they arrive, providing they test negative for COVID. However, they will still be required to undergo a PCR test at the airport do a second one on the third day of arrival and perform a rapid antigen test every day for five days. The relaxation of measures also mean that from today, Hong Kongers will no longer have to check in with their Leave Home Safe app. But for some places like restaurants and bars, people will still need to prove they have been vaccinated against COVID, either via mobile phone apps, screen capture, vaccine pass or on paper. So how much impact will this have on the travel industry? What about the restaurant sector? Do we have more room for further relaxation? And at 9.25, we'll get the latest World Cup update from our sports correspondent. Let us know what you think. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, BackChat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at Backchat at RTHK.hk or give us a call at 233 Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line of Fanny Young, the Executive Director of the Travel Industry Council, and Hugh Shekei, the Vice Chairman of the Association for Hong Kong Catering Services Management Limited. Good morning, Ms. Young. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Hugh. Um, good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So, um, you. Ms. Young, how beneficial will the latest relaxation of COVID measures be for the travel industry?
3: Well, uh, actually, it quite helps a lot, uh, especially is it's on the dining, dining arrangement. Uh well, prior to yesterday's announcement we we have the group in group arrangement, but it needs to be a registered restaurant and then it's very limited choice. So with this relax uh, with the relaxation yesterday, well actually our visitors have many choice. They can enjoy all kinds of food in Hong Kong. So it helps a lot. The attractions uh, attractiveness is, is uh, much improved.
1: But uh, I mean, talking about the uh, travel industry, it is already mid-December. I guess uh, most people have uh, already made their Christmas travel plans. So, um, Mr. Jung, how long do you think it will take for the travel industry to actually uh, reap the benefits from the, this uh, policy change?
3: Well, as you have mentioned, uh, Christmas is just around the corner, around 10 days from now. So I, I don't think that we'll have much help on the, uh, on the Christmas holidays uh, window. Um, well, I think uh, we are looking forward to the Chinese New Year window break. So, uh, well, but again, I, I, won't, I won't expect that it's a, uh, a surge on the uh, inbound visitors that, uh, you know, Chinese New Year is not holiday for, uh, I mean, every nearby country. So, so for those countries they have Chinese New Year holiday, maybe we will uh, benefit a bit.
1: Right. And uh, Mr. Hu, what about the uh, catering industry? What's been um, their response to the relaxation of COVID measures?
4: Uh, most of our members are. Uh, uh, it's a very good and healthy sign for the uh, new new kind of measures because uh, it is it's, it's giving a, a healthy sign of uh, it's kind of recovering for for everybody and uh, especially for the the the, the, the bigger restaurants uh, so that the, the, the customers can uh, enter the restaurant easier. Uh, but but at the same they still have to scan the 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 the, the vaccine code. Uh, but then. Uh, uh, in the general lines, uh they're all very happy for the government to to have changed the idea just about a week when they uh, they have to scrap the amber code system.
5: Is there a feeling, Racheque, uh, that this measure has come too late, or is the industry still um, elated about the change, given that it's right before Christmas and the holiday season?
4: Uh, I think uh, I think it's it's always been too late, uh, but I think uh, it's, it's better than nothing. Uh, but I hope that the the, the the sign of change will keep on coming, uh, especially in our restaurant business, where I think the 1.5 meters and the 240 person maximum uh, group uh, uh, booking should be uh, abolished. I think.
5: And Fanny, would you say that um, the reception so far and w- what's the reception like from uh, your counterparts overseas? Are folks uh, excited and and do they realise that we've effectively reopened uh, even though we have not called it a reopening?
3: Well, I, I think, um, well, uh, of course, uh, I mean, our overseas partner also uh, welcomed this uh, relaxation. But at the same time, I think we need to have uh, more... more um uh, more promotions or, or announcement overseas to to get everyone, including the visitors, to know that, uh, I mean, we have this further relaxation. So because the message is still, uh, we don't think it is still very clear. So we need to pass on the message, uh, I mean, uh, quickly and then to, in order to invite more visitors to come.
5: That's very fair, because uh, I, in fact, have a Sri Lankan friend who who was talking to me three days ago and said to me that he did not want to spend seven days in quarantine in Hong Kong, to which I reassured him that that is no longer the case and hasn't been the case for quite a while now. What can the government do to better promote awareness overseas and internationally?
3: Well, actually, I see uh, Hong Kong Tourism Board. They already uh, organize. Uh, um, I mean, trade simplification group to Hong Kong. Uh, actually, in this few days, they have a group from five countries. They were they, they are here in Hong Kong. So I think after this group of people, they they experience Hong Kong, and and luckily that we have this realization at the same period of time. So when they go back, they can uh, I mean announce it through the trade. But on the other hand, uh, the tourism board will also uh, Hong Kong tourism board will also help to publicize the message uh, at overseas through different kind of media. So uh, actually, I think they would do do their their job uh, promptly.
1: Right. And um, Mr. Hugh, um, earlier you, you talked about, you, you said uh, you welcomed the uh, policy change. I mean, how big of an impact do you think uh, it will have on businesses uh, in the catering sector? Do, do you have any estimate on how much a business uh, may go up uh, by in the short I think,
4: term? I think it's, uh, as, as, um, I think it's a, a bit late for, 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 for that to, 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 to project on the coming uh, Christmas holiday. But I think on the Chinese New Year side, it will be a, a great sign of, uh, kind of uh, encouragement. Because it's it's like uh, it's kind of uh, uh, the government is moving towards uh, a lesser kind of uh, 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 control on 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 the measure. I think uh, it's uh, giving the customers a much more uh, relaxed sign. Because a lot of the older people is uh, they doesn't doesn't want to come out because they're they're worried. But I think if the government have engaged on a much more on a, on a, a happier sign and healthier sign of uh, relaxing the measure. I think most people are much more willing to come out and spend
5: now an argument that's often launched uh, by some critics towards the relaxation is that there would be an increase in number of infections that would then result in uh, staff being unable to show up for work or absences at work in general. Is that a problem, uh, Shaquet when it comes to the catering industry, or do you see these concerns as overblown?
4: Uh, yes, I think we do have that already in the past year uh, uh, on the on the staffing problem, but I think uh, we still are keeping working hard on it. And, um, and most of our restaurants are, are, are working on a, a very tight budget and and at and, and a loss right now. So hope, hopefully, uh, there's no more increase in the in the uh, pandemic numbers. Uh, I think and hope that is a good sign for everybody, so that uh, the coming New Year is a, is a better New Year for us.
1: Right. And Mr. Hugh, what, so you talked about uh, how staff will now have to... I mean, uh, customers won't have to scan their Leave Home Safe app, but uh, staff will have to uh, um, check their vaccine uh, code, It's vaccine pass. Um, what preparations have been made uh, for, for the uh, change in the policy that, that starts today?
4: Uh, I think we didn't do much change. I think we still have to do all the the, 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 the checking and all the, the jabs and then... Uh, also, the uh, when the customer enters, they still have to scan the 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 the, the, medical, the, the record. So I think it's the only thing. is like they, when they enter the the restaurants, then they don't have a longer queue, so that they can enter the restaurant in an easier, a more, more casual way. I think.
1: You just said they'll have to scan their vaccine pass code. I mean, um, can they just? Sh- I mean, I, I mean, from my understanding, you can can customers just show you the um, a picture of their vaccine pass code. Do you have to scan it?
4: In the data I need to go into the we can scan uh, and or show or, or or I think they have to uh, to go back to uh, the previous way where you have to uh, put on paper
1: right and and of course your staff won't um be required to verify the identity of the customer right
4: yeah I, I think I hope I, I believe so that's that's the, that's the case.
1: Right. And Ms. Um, Miss, Miss Young, I have an email here actually from one of our listeners, Leon. He says, uh, Dear Backchat, he says, I'm still a little confused as to how the relaxed COVID restrictions will affect inbound travel from China, which is uh, a cru- a clearly a crucial driver for our economy. And uh, do you think, Ms. Um, Young, do you think you can uh, clarify what the rules are for mainland tourists coming to Hong Kong right now?
3: Well, actually, for tourists coming to Hong Kong, even though from from mainland, I think the restrictions is, uh, I mean, the the measure is the same. But the problem is that uh, without the, uh, I mean, without the real open of the cross borders, so boundary. So by 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 the time that they go back to to the country, go back to mainland, so so it, I mean, they still have to go through the five plus three uh, uh, quarantine restrictions. So so I don't think the, I mean these
1: new measures will benefit uh, mainland visitors a lot. Right, okay. And uh, earlier, Ms. young you talked about how uh, um, it, it, this these uh, new measures may be a bit too late for um, Christmas travel, and then uh, you're looking forward to a Chinese New Year, but then uh, you, you don't expect a, a big surge in uh, travelers coming to Hong Kong anyway because it's a uh, Chinese New Year uh, and uh, not many people celebrate, uh, uh, I mean, outside of Hong Kong and, and China. Um, so when do you actually expect a, a surge in travelers coming to Hong Kong?
3: Well, I think um, I think without the opening of boundaries with mainland, it is um, it is rather difficult to expect a surge. So uh, especially, I mean, even though we, we don't look at mainland, all right, uh, because the um, the airline capacity is still limitations. What we learn from the uh, from the airline uh, airline partners, uh, even though by uh, mid of next year, they will just around fifty percent of their p- capacity in compared with the pre-p- pre-pandemic time. So, um, I think the the visitors' uh, number is also very depends on capacity to bringing them in. So, so that's our our estimation. This is based on this all this kind of scenario.
5: Right. And Fanny, just to follow up on that, uh, let's talk about the masks, the mask mandate, because uh, obviously uh, we look at Singapore. Singapore in fact, lifted all requirements to wear masks indoors and outdoors. And, and, and I was done over the summer in terms of uh, lifting the, the indoor requirement as well. Do you believe that there's a need uh, to urgently um, perhaps shift the regulations concerning masks in order to uh, ease or allow travellers coming to Hong Kong to feel more When they are in Hong Kong, or do you see as unnecessary?
3: Well, I I I think it would be a a a nice to have one, but uh, I don't think it is that urgent. Well, if you ask me, I would think that the PCR test is more crucial. for the the second day, uh, the, the day zero and also day two PCR test. If we can get rid of this, uh, replaced by the RAT, I think that it will much helpful in compared with the mask. Because when we go go to other countries, for example, we, we visit Japan or even in Thailand, well, people is still wearing masks over there, although they don't have the restrictions. So, so to me, I think uh, it is more 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 important to have more relaxation on the kind of uh, checkings I mean this kind of testing uh, require our visitors to come because they just come for a few days and then they have to make arrangements for this PCR it it is a it is an annoying thing.
5: Thank you very much and Sheke do you agree would uh, lifting the PCR requirements help with businesses and restaurants as well?
4: I think I believe that that's the the the, the case forward. I think it's, by uh, partially uh, doing bit by bit will will encourage people to come to Hong Kong and and the local people will uh, will much more have uh, easier to accept.
5: And I suppose another question there is what else could be done to make life easier for those working in your industry and sector, uh, especially when it comes to local policies and measures? Uh, Would relaxing further isolation requirements or close contact tracing, would those sorts of relaxations also be helpful in ameliorating your distress?
4: I believe so. I think as i was mentioning earlier i think the 1.5 meter uh, restriction and the 240 person restriction should be released uh, uh, res- uh, lifted because uh, that will uh, help the business in the chinese new year uh, sector and uh, 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 the grouping of uh, booking because uh, that is uh, actually uh, uh, hit in some of the larger restaurants but they have uh, taken on uh, quite a lot of uh, labor labor force you see so if, if that could be relieved uh, I think the, the restaurant business can have, have a little bit more, 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 more fresh threshold to, to, to work on.
5: And is there talk and chitter amongst uh, your sector and your, your fellow colleagues concerning what the rough timeline for such relaxations would be? I mean, has the government given you any clues or signals, or information over the past weeks? Uh, has communication uh, improved between you folks uh, and the government?
4: I, 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 I believe that there's not much uh, uh, relating to that, but I think we are pressuring that. Can be abolished as soon as possible.
5: And, and Fenny, w- w- what's the timeline on your end? Have you heard any whispers through the grapevine?
3: Um, no, not really. We well, actually, even do yesterday relaxation. We just learned it yesterday as well. <laughs> so <laughs> right. So I, I, I well, we we just wait. <laughs>
4: wait, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay.
3: but but we have the voice. out uh, uh, I mean, uh, very very regularly.
1: Right, yeah. and um, Mr. Hugh, I mean, going back to the uh, the uh, relaxation of uh, some of the COVID measures, um, it was announced yesterday, like you, you just mentioned. Uh, do you know? I mean, do you know if many restaurants have received bookings for like from tour groups uh, on uh, right after the announcement?
4: Uh, I, I don't think yes, because uh, uh, as, as I uh, as I was interviewed last week, uh, we mentioned that uh, not much restaurant is uh, uh, eager to do so uh, from the previous before the uh, before the abolishing of the amber uh, uh, system. But I think uh, once this is uh, uh, abolished, I think there will be much more uh, restaurant are willing to, to to take on the the, the tour group.
1: Right. And uh, I, I'm, like you mentioned uh, earlier, um, when uh, staff are required to um, uh, scan the, uh, the vaccine pass code, um, are you worried? Because uh, you, you, like you said, you can't really verify the identity of the actual customer.
4: Uh, but I think this become a a, a custom to the uh, most of the restaurant, and uh, uh, most of the customers, local customers, are, are 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 accustomed to this system now. I think they 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 bound to, to do it naturally uh, when they come in. And, and, and either if they 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 don't scan, uh, but now you have to just ask them to revert that and just uh, have the uh, uh, data record and be be barcode uh, scanned. I think that would
5: be, a, it's not that much of a change, I think. And Fanny, you know, there have been complaints raised in the past uh, by certain um, incoming travellers that the the health code system was incredibly difficult to navigate. It was a quagmire of scans rescans, scans re re-scans, re-rescans and all that. Would you say that by lifting this amber coat system were effectively providing travelers with more leeway and flexibility when it comes to entering into restaurants and maybe just maybe you know showing the vaccine passes is less cumbersome than uh doing all the scans and showing the vaccine passes do you agree
3: yes i agree definitely but what we heard from uh what i, I understand from yesterday uh relaxation so uh besides uh the uplift of the amber coat so they are also, uh, they, they are not, uh, I mean, it is not required to have the Leave Home Safe, uh, app. And, uh, what we, um, what we heard that, um, upon the arrival to Hong Kong, they were given a, a paper form of provisional, uh, vaccine pass, which they have the QR code over there. So, uh, they can just do a screen cap or bring that paper form. So when they enter the restaurant, the restaurant, we, we, uh, we, we understand that the restaurant should have, still have to scan there. Their, their code on this uh, provisional vaccine pass. So, but if that is really the case, which we still need to uh, verify. So uh, to clarify, so I think it will be much better than before because well, a lot of visitors they have problems in in downloading this leave home live home say app and then to put their vaccine vaccine record into this leave home say. So it, it create a lot of the, uh, challenges for them. So if if that is the case, that they just need to give a a paper, a, a paper provisional vaccine pass, which which will be given to them upon their arrival, anyway. So it, it will help a lot already.
5: And just to put things in perspective, how does this compare um, against other countries and cities in the region? So for instance, for example, in Malaysia, I believe they still have, as far as I'm aware, this system where you technically have to show that you're fully vaccinated before entering into highly uh, crowded places like shopping malls and restaurants. Although in practice, where not that's enforced is another question. But wh- how do you feel about Hong Kong's pacing relative to others in the region?
3: Uh, of course, we are. I mean, we are behind on this aspect. But um, anyway, the, uh, I, I think maybe we will just take a step at, at the time. So uh, we we also understand that government may need to have more record in order to have more relaxation thing. So so we will hope that. Uh, well, anyway, with the group in group out, we we just have this less than a month time, and then we have this relaxation yesterday, and then we hope that a few weeks from now we have further relaxation.
1: Right, and um, earlier you talked about, I mean, how uh, I guess eventually we'll expect uh, more tour groups to come to Hong Kong. It's just a, a matter of when. But what about uh, the actual um, manpower in the travel industry? And do we have enough right now? I mean, how long will it take for us to, uh, uh, you know, recover from in, in terms of uh, the travel industry?
3: Well, that is a very big challenge for our industry. So, uh, well, you know, because of the past three years, we basically is a hot for the industry. So a lot of the people, they, they, they change their, they change their sectors already. They are no longer on the tourism sector. And after they have been working over the other sector for, for over a year time, they have some achievement. Uh, well, it is difficult for us to get them back, especially to, to give them the market rate. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, our situation on the business is still very poor, cool. So um, it is a very big challenge and then we, we really uh, hope the government can can give us a, a helping hand on this aspect.
5: And Sheke, is that a problem that you'd also hope to have more governmental support and subsidies on in terms of uh, manpower and the difficulty of retaining manpower?
4: Uh, I think this is always the case in the f and business because we have been striving for uh, ease of a uh, uh, labor force uh, for many years With, uh the uh, the F&B business is 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 a uh, very shortage of 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 staff i think mean, in many many industry in hong kong right now
1: right but, but has the situation improved i mean we've talked about shortage of manpower in the catering sector for some time now but uh, have you managed to uh, improve it hasn't and-
4: it still it hasn't improved i mean, it's still still very tough in finding uh, the, 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 the right person to work and most restaurants are shortage of staff anyway.
5: So hopefully once the border with the mainland China reopens uh, we would be able to import fresh talents from uh, the Greater Bay Area to help us replenish the ranks with respect to uh, the catering industry. Um, on, on that uh, Fanny, is it Is there any expectation concerning when the border with the mainland would reopen? Because, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, hopefully getting it in order and in time for uh, Lunar New Year, for us to, or for families and friends to reunite over that very special holiday. Uh, Are you optimistic about our ability to to lift the border restrictions by then um, in mid-January? Well, I
3: actually am not that optimistic on the mid-January timeline. It seems that... um well, I, 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 well, of course we hope that it, is, it, is the, it, is, it will be true, it will come true. But um, that is what not we estimate. Maybe by the first quarter of next year. So this is something that what we are hoping for, especially when we see the China policy that they are, I mean towards this uh, this uh, COVID policy. It is also on a more uh, more relaxing. Um, Approach. So we, we hope that uh, by the first by the first quarter of uh, next year we we can have the really opening of the cross boundaries.
5: Thank thank you. And in terms of measures that the travel industry council is contemplating in rejuvenating uh, the local tourism scene, what are the most prominent highlights for the the upcoming year? What's the plan? What's in the pipeline? Um. Well.
3: Um for 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 what we are hoping the, that we can see is that once the cross uh, cross boundary is open uh, with mainland, then then we will have uh, a lot of the uh, activities to going on, especially on the Greater Bay Area, to attract more people the incoming uh, over, and then for for the kind of exchange. After all, you know, because Hong Kong, no matter it's the inbound or outbound uh, towards to mainland, is uh, almost eighty percent of the total. Uh, I mean uh visitors. So it is a very crucial market for us. And then without the opening of the cross boundaries of, well I, I will not say that we will we will have a chance for the
4: recovery.
5: Absolutely and second. Um
4: for me uh, can I, can you repeat the question, sorry.
1: And unfortunately, actually, we were out of time, so uh, we'll have to we we'll have to discuss this uh, at another time. Um Miss Young, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we we'll have to take a break for the news. And uh, thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Fanny Young, the executive director of uh, the Travel Industry Council. Many thanks also to Hugh Shek-K, the vice chairman of the Association for Hong Kong Catering Services Management Limited. And we'll continue our discussion on the further relaxation of COVID measures right after the news. When we will be joined by Dr. Sidoth Street. Clinical assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's Department of Microbiology and lawmaker Sunny Tan, who represents the textiles and garment sector. And a quick look at the weather. It'll be cloudy and cold with a few rain patches. The top temperature will be around 14 degrees during the day. Winds, moderate to fresh northerlies, occasionally strong offshore at first. And uh, the cold weather warning is currently in force. Right now, it's 12 degrees, relative humidity,
5: 93%.
2: And I think it has the potential to be a new paradigm in the treatment of cancer patients. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
1: Welcome back. This is back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Brian Wong and me, Janice Wong. In the first half of the program, we discussed the latest relaxation in COVID measures with representatives from the travel industry and the catering sector. And uh, they, of course, welcome the relaxation. But uh, will the relaxation have much impact on the current COVID situation? To give us his view, we now have Dr. Siddharth Sridhar on the line. He's a clinical assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's microbiology department. Good morning, Dr. Strida. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, So the chief executive, John Lee, he he said the lifting of the measures will not um, increase the risk of local outbreaks. Do you share his view?
0: I mean, we already have local outbreaks uh, to the tune of more than 10,000 cases a day. So there are plenty of outbreaks across the city. I very much doubt whether uh, the restrictions lifted yesterday would make any difference to the situation because they weren't helping the situation to start off with. For example, leave home safe, scanning leave home safe in restaurants was not being used as uh, uh, as, as an assist for outbreak investigation or contact tracing in restaurants simply because there are so many such outbreaks or so many such contacts to trace. It was overwhelming for um the uh, Center for Health Protection to do so. So it's not going to have a material difference in the number of cases we see in the city.
1: Right. But is it the right time to relax measures? I mean, given the number of daily COVID cases uh, have remained above 10,000 and the number of deaths from the disease has uh, increased, uh, with 37 recorded yesterday.
0: When we think about measures, we always View them with a positive bias, like measures must be doing something to reduce COVID burden in the city, right? But there are measures and there are measures. For example, some measures like indoor masking uh, are, are obviously very good at keeping um, many respiratory viruses down, um, including COVID during the earlier waves in the city. However, there are other measures that uh, I think we can all agree are contributing little materially to COVID control in the city, including um, scanning leave home safe or the Amber Code. Cases went up. uh, We we are currently experiencing a significant wave despite these measures. And I think it would be wishful thinking to think that the cases would be even higher if these measures weren't there in the first place. So for these particular measures, it's absolutely the right time to... uh, To scrap them, and in fact, we could go even further. Uh, I'm glad that the community testing testing notices are being scaled back, and I think there's room for actually completely scrapping those as well, because they've also been shown not to have a big difference when you have such a major community outbreak ongoing.
1: What about the move to, uh, about the uh, electronic wristbands? I mean, the people who are infected will no longer have to uh, wear this uh, electronic wristband. What impact do you think that will have?
0: Uh, well, I think we, we've got to start, again, shifting our mentality towards COVID-19 and uh, realize that it's one of many, many respiratory viruses out there. Now, a person, there are people with influenza in the city right now, like influenza virus infection. They can go out uh, whenever they please, and they can infect how many ever, how many ever people they please, and uh, nobody's tracking them with uh, high tech gadgets. So, and I think we're gradually having to shift our mentality to COVID. Now, for COVID, we still have an isolation order that has tremendous weight under the law. I think uh, that's that really, and uh, 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 it's that's the respect that COVID deserves at the moment. And I don't think we need to add electronic. Uh, tracking devices on top of that. So I'm glad to see that gone as well. And I mean, eventually you're even gonna see isolation orders and quarantine orders for COVID-19 disappearing. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that it's here to stay. And uh, the less we let it disrupt our lives, uh, the better. And we rely on people to isolate themselves if they have symptoms. And that's the way we have always done with uh, other respiratory viruses and COVID-19 is eventually gonna be no exception.
5: Would you say that a reasonable next step in a short-term horizon, um, Dr. Sardar, is for the scrapping of the PCR test and replacement of it with uh, RAT tests, which individuals can complete on their own as opposed to at designated locations?
0: Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, that is because PCR tests are um, actually very sensitive. Uh, They have their problems in terms of also catching people with more... um, uh, well, not necessarily acute infections, but recent infections, they can still be PCR positive, so called repositive individuals, and uh, also they're quite expensive to do at scale, like we're doing in Hong Kong. So, uh, I mean, eventually, it's, uh, I think the rapid antigen tests are a good alternative to uh, pick up uh, symptomatic individuals and to uh, keep them. Uh, and if they're positive, then they're a good marker of infectiousness as well. So they're a pretty good surrogate for PCR, although not as sensitive. But uh, I think they are uh, absolutely the way to go.
5: We're witnessing as well, um, just across the border in the mainland, uh, a a seeming sea change in policy and approach to the pandemic from the uh, mainland Chinese authorities. And Dr. Shida, what do you think we can perhaps take from the mainland and draw from them uh, in terms of replicating or perhaps um, uh, avoiding mistakes when it comes to the Hong Kong experience?
2: Uh,
0: it's a bit too late for Hong Kong. I mean, in many ways, the mainland is going through what Hong Kong went through in January this year. We have been through, uh, well, two more significant case surges since then. Uh, I would personally call them the sixth and currently the seventh wave. So we've been through um, these waves, and we have a very high vaccination rate, and there's a very good background in immunity against severe disease in the community. So we are actually in a fantastic position to um, to go even further, really, and uh, scrap some of the measures that are especially are adding very little value uh, to uh, public health in the city. So um, absolutely. So we we are ahead of the curve on this one because so many people in Hong Kong have either been infected, vaccinated or both it tends to place less pressure on uh, the public health system, especially now that we're dealing with it in hospitals in a much more sensible manner. And it's uh, essentially time to join the rest of the world, really, which is something main- the mainland is clearly keen to do um, come
4: 2023.
5: And just as a matter of scientific uh, curiosity, what would you say is a rough period um, for which individuals' immunity through infection with regards to COVID uh, would, would generally hold for? Is it a year, is it two years, or is it shorter than that? And what bearings, if any, does that have on on our approach to the pandemic? Uh,
0: it's going to be shorter than that for a lot of individuals, and there are two reasons for that. First of all, antibodies do tend to wane over time. Usually we're talking about, uh, uh, well six uh, months-ish, and maybe slightly longer for individuals. But the other major reason is we have variants like uh, XBB, for example, that caused a major wave in Singapore not too long ago. Um, So variants like this do tend to evade um, immunity gathered by previous infections or vaccinations. So you might see a fair few individuals getting reinfected, but uh, that doesn't, Actually, make much of a difference because uh, many most of these reinfections are going to be mild, and the pressure faced on the healthcare system is going to be uh, relatively lower compared to the way we had in early 2022. And I think Singapore, which uh, has demonstrated that uh, uh, very well a few months ago, so I think we don't expect it to make much difference. So people can get uh, can expect to get reinfected. Uh, for the second time, perhaps within a few months to a year after their first infection. Um, But luckily, most of those episodes are going to be mild. So again, it's part of having a respiratory virus in town.
5: Just want to take a slight digression here and talk a bit about long COVID. Now, it, it seems to me that there are studies and reports that suggest that there are Lingering effects and malaise that results from COVID infections amongst individuals, and it's unclear how enduring, uh, how ameliorable, and indeed, uh, when not their particular demographics so that be affected by long COVID. Um, on, on your behalf, would you are you personally concerned about uh, the existence of long COVID cases and what could be done to support patients with uh, the, with these conditions?
0: Yeah, I mean, long COVID is a really complicated, a very heterogeneous issue, which encompasses a huge number of symptoms uh, uh, going on for weeks or months after infection. So don't get me wrong, it's a really serious issue. It's very poorly understood. And especially in terms of, if you don't understand the reason for long COVID, it's also very difficult to treat individuals with long COVID, you know, apart from certain basic forms support so i but um at the end of the day we do also have to remember that this is not the experience for most individuals with covid and we also have to remember that vaccination has been shown to reduce uh the risk of long covid not completely eliminated but at least uh, reduce it substantially compared to not having vaccines so um given this let's Uh, We we are conducting uh, studies on long COVID in many universities in the city. Let's see how common it is in our demographic and how our experience actually matches the uh, uh, that of other centers because of entities like this. There is considerable heterogeneity in terms of how it's defined, how it's tracked. So there, there are a lot of figures floating around around the world. There's considerable uncertainty. But uh, has it had a crippling effect on people across the city after two or three major waves this year? Uh, we haven't actually seen evidence of that. I'm sure it's a problem significant problem for some individuals infected with covid but uh, again uh, getting vaccinated uh, really really helps to reduce the
1: risk right and uh, dr street i have a message here from a listener eileen and uh, eileen says the new measures are a start but masks and tests are not free and uh, teachers and some students uh, will still be uh, paying it out of uh, their own pocket um dr street how necessary do you think these uh, rat tests for for students and teachers are
0: Oh, we've got to phase the rat test out. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Financially, it's a burden. Um, environmentally, it's a disaster of uh, stuff that is never going to uh, degrade in many, many, many lifetimes. And we've got to, you know, really send the message to the next generation that they can deal with problems in a sustainable manner instead of, uh, you know, polluting the environment, so many plastic cassettes. So right now you're seeing a surge in cases. Um, so the government could now argue that uh, uh, rat tests are helping to catch symptomatic cases and prevent outbreaks in schools um, that's fine but if once we see the case surge dying down um, which should happen soon uh, we, we've really got to look at uh, phasing daily compulsory rattus out. it's not a sustainable solution to, to, to this uh, to
1: this problem All right, uh, let's now now bring in another guest. He's a lawmaker, Sunny Tan, who represents the textiles and garment sector. Good morning, Mr. Tan. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. So how would you describe the government's uh, policy change?
6: Um, For our business communities, we are very much welcomed um, the latest policy change by the government on the uh, anti-pandemic measures, um, especially for the business travelers. We have a lot of uh, business partners overseas. And they do want to come to Hong Kong to, to have meetings, to have conferences with us. And uh, the Amber Code is really causing some inconvenience for them because they're coming in for maybe two days, three days. And uh, basically, they can only come for meetings, but without any social activities, which is part of something that we need to do in business, in building friendship. So um, definitely, that, that is something that we are very pleased to hear. Um, and um, for the other measures, we are also very much um, uh, welcome.
5: Now, a complaint, uh, Mr. Tan, I've heard from uh, quite a few friends of mine in the business community is that the mandatory PCR tests are still a bit of a nuisance for them because they have to uh, book them in advance, line up many queues and obviously find a location and travel to them, which would disrupt their schedules. Uh, do, do you see these mandatory PCR tests in lieu of R A T tests a problem and a hurdle that you'd like to tackle next?
6: Um, I... it this way uh, I think I really uh, appreciate what the government has done in terms of using quantitative and uh, scientific measures in making certain decisions and uh, as much as I also agree that we should uh, try to minimize or remove all the mandatory tests like the PCR tests but uh, I I do understand that the government does face certain uh, issues in maintaining public health by having the PCR test. So um, definitely I would agree that uh, hopefully next step the government can remove uh, or minimize the number of tests required. Um, and to, to be honest, when I go for PCR test, there's no, n- not really a line, but we need to book it. So it caused some inconvenience for the in- interim situation, but I do believe that um, sooner or later the government will also remove it, which is very, very important for the tourism industries.
1: Right, and and on the issue of uh, resuming quarantine-free uh, travel with the mainland, uh, the chief executive John Lee said he hopes it can happen soon, but it has to. Uh, but it really depends on the actual situation. Uh, Mr. Chan, how hopeful are you that uh, it, it can happen soon?
6: Um, the the control is really with the uh, uh, with our mainland government, and given the latest development of the new measures. Uh, it shows that the government uh, is very much eager to be flexible to adapt to the uh, latest uh, development, latest changes. So I'm very hopeful that... Um Sooner or later, um, the border will be, uh, will be reopened, and uh, uh, we can resume a much more uh, normal, uh, normal life, especially with all the business community. For us, for textile garments, we have factories in China, and it caused a lot of inconvenience, especially for the technicians going in, in back and forth. But more importantly, uh, for all these measures to be effective, uh, uh, I also encourage everyone to take on all the vaccine shots.
1: Right, and uh, Dr. Street, what's your view? I mean, um, the, the chief executive, like I mentioned, he said it will depend on the uh, the actual situation when uh, we can actually resume cross border or quarantine free travel uh, with the mainland. Um, looking at the current situation right now, when do you think uh, we can do that?
0: Well, I mean, this is a one way street in a way. It'll open when they want it open and. When they realize that there are cases everywhere in the mainland which there will be given that they're now committed to um, allowing virus circulation to a certain extent we, we're going to see a huge upsurge in cases in the mainland and uh, once that probably calms down a little bit and they're able to reevaluate the situation with respect to hong kong and Macau, i think it's just a matter of time before the borders are open so you can uh, if you want me to guess probably first quarter End of first quarter next year, or perhaps even earlier. Um, uh, we, we, are, we are probably going to see the mainland border open. So it doesn't depend. What, it doesn't matter what we do in Hong Kong. It just uh, depends on when they are ready to open the border.
5: Really. Now, Mister Sandy, the economy in Hong Kong, as we speak, isn't it? That- pretty tough spot right now. We've got a uh, pretty dented retail, food and beverage, and more generally speaking, um, a consumption and tourism industry that's, that's been devastated the past few years. What do you see as the most urgent priorities uh, in relation to economic rejuvenation in a city that you hope to see from the government over the next few months?
6: Um, I agree that the uh, overall uh, economic situation in Hong Kong is not very um, good. Um, because of the, uh, the COVID. now uh, I think the important part right now is uh we, we need to uh, do more, the government and the business community, we all need to do more to promote uh, Hong Kong because with the relaxation of these restrictions, it means that a lot of business travelers and c- certain uh, tourists, they do can come to Hong Kong. But we need to articulate well our story. Uh, Hong Kong is back. We need to explain to people that um, it's, it's just a little bit inconvenience for public health, but it's okay. Please come to Hong Kong and enjoy uh, as a business travel, as a tourism travel. So we need to do more uh, publicity and storytelling to generate um, uh, more business locally in Hong Kong. At the same time, I urge the Hong Kong government um, to continue to give more temporary support, to, especially to our small and medium-sized enterprises, they are in desperate need uh, in terms of extension of the numerous measure that has been given to us.
1: Right, and Dr. Streeto, in in your view, what what can we uh, what what should what measures can the government relax uh, uh, next?
0: Well, uh, I mean, uh, it, it depends on what the priorities are. But uh, if, if you're talking about measures that have uh, very high costs for low return, then community testing notices are probably top on the list. Uh, we've already talked about RAC testing in schools and need to phase that out. And I think uh, the, uh, now it's the zero plus three. We had the Hamburg code, and that's been scrapped very good. But remember that this is still not zero plus zero, so to speak, because the uh, travelers are still required to take PCR tests on uh, uh, twice after they come into Hong Kong. If you're a tourist and you come into Hong Kong and you test PCR positive, your holiday is basically ruined. And I think very few tourists would want to take that uh, risk. So, And uh, it also begs the question, hey, COVID is everywhere in Hong Kong. We have more than 10,000 cases. You randomly select a few people on the street and test them by PCR, you may find a few positives. So why exactly are we targeting incoming travelers for this? so I think that that is also the next thing that should be relaxed is mandatory PCR testing for incoming travelers. And I think they are going to see that soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think these are the uh, big few categories of things that I'd like to see relaxed.
1: All right, uh, Dr. Streetar, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. and That's uh, Dr. Sudath Streetar, Clinical Assistant Professor at the University of Hong Kong's Microbiology Department. Many thanks also to Sunny Tan, who represents the textiles and garment sector in the Legislative Council. And um, I'd just like to read this email. It's uh, from Mark, and uh, he's um, actually pointing out that uh, earlier we um, mentioned that... Uh, unvaccinated individuals um, cannot and uh, cannot dine out or enter shopping malls uh, uh, in Malaysia and uh, he's uh correcting us he's saying that uh, it's incorrect he says no restrictions there are no restrictions to enter premises in Malaysia including shopping malls etc and uh, he is right I'd just like to say thank you to mark because uh from May 1st um all unvaccinated individuals um, can dine and and uh, dine out or enter shopping malls in malaysia thank you mark and uh, it's now 24 minutes past nine and uh, it's a uh, time for our world cup update with adam chung our sports correspondent Good morning, Atom. So Argentina beat Croatia to advance to the World Cup finals. So um, no surprise there, I guess.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the only surprise is that uh, they won by the scoreline of 3-0. I didn't expect Argentina to put three past Croatia, given how well the Croatians have been playing. So uh, just a quick recap of the game. Uh, Lino Messi uh, was the star, uh, of course. He opened scoring with a penalty, and then five minutes later, Julian Alvarez uh, ran the length of the pitch to score a pretty spectacular uh, solo effort to make it 2-0. Then in the second half, Messi Made a sensational run uh, down the right wing to set up Alvarez, and three 0 was the way it finished.
1: And uh, there was—I mean, how, how? I mean, how did it actually happen? Were there penalties? Or, or...
7: well, I, I thought it was uh, the first goal was a penalty, yes. And uh, I felt Croatia got a bit unlucky there because the goalie dominate Livakovic, He came out to challenge, but he really wasn't moving to, to uh, disrupt the player that was uh, attacking. The player was uh, Julian Alvarez, who drew the penalty. So uh, it was a bit harsh, but credit to Messi, who uh, made no mistake uh, taking that penalty kick, putting it right into the top corner.
1: And penalties have uh, not always been Messi's strength, right? I mean, but he really managed to find precision when he uh, needed it.
7: Oh yeah, he's been solid in this tournament <clears throat> under all the pressure. Uh, he just looks so calm uh, in his approach uh, to the ball. Uh, he just looks like he knows what he wants to do before he he took it. Um, I think Argentina played well in this game as a whole uh, as a team. They played a complete game, and this was my concern going to the game because I felt uh, they were a bit. Uh, unfocused at times against the Netherlands in the previous round Uh, I thought their defenders looked really good uh, also, I just wanted to mention. Uh, I talked about how good Croatia's defense has been. Uh, their star defender uh, Josko Gvardiol uh, has been one of the best players in the tournament. But uh, he was clearly beaten by Messi for that third goal. Messi took him one on one down the wing and uh, clearly beat him, and then set up Alvarez for that third Argentina goal. All
1: right. So Argentina will uh, now uh, will next face uh, Morocco or France, and uh, we will find out tonight, right?
7: That's right. So I'll just give you a bit of a preview. Uh, Let's start with the underdogs, Morocco. So they got here after beating Portugal 1-0. Their defense is amazing. They've only conceded once all tournament. Uh, They're of course the first African team to reach the semis. Uh, Their keys to victory, I I feel they need to keep uh, solid on defense as they have been. But there are injuries on this team. At least two of their regular defenders will be missing. Uh, and it, it would be three missing if Roman size doesn't play. So they'll be counting on Ashraf Hakimi, the uh, PSG star, to... Uh He's got the task of uh, trying to contain Kylian Mbappé, the star French uh, forward. Uh, So I will look for that. And uh, as for France, uh, they've got all the experience, of course. They're the defending champions. Uh, And I think uh, they need to match Morocco's intensity and discipline. Uh, I felt the French team took some very uh, reckless fouls against England. Guys like uh, Chuan and Hernandez, uh, both foul guys in the box that led to the two England penalties. Uh, also, I think uh, Mbepe needs to step up in this game. I thought he was silenced by England for a little bit, but uh, it'll be tough for him because he'll be going up against the uh, Moroccan wingback Ashraf Hakimi, who's been really good throughout this tournament.
1: And uh, like you mentioned, Morocco did beat Portugal. Um, do you think it, I mean, does it have any chance against the reigning world champions?
7: You know what? I, I think they do. I think they do. France will go in as favorites, but I don't know if they're, I wouldn't say they're heavy favorites just because how disciplined Morocco has been. And also keep in mind, tonight's game at Al Bay Stadium is going to feel like a Morocco home game. Because their government is giving free, t- uh, their, their football federation is giving free tickets uh, to fans, and their national airline has reduced prices for airfare to Qatar. So it's going to be a Morocco home game. So we need to take that into consideration as well.
1: And uh, Morocco have already become the first ever African nation to reach a FIFA World Cup semi final. That's already a big achievement. They, they really have nothing to lose.
7: They have nothing to lose. You're exactly right. So what they've achieved is, is just a, a dream for, for Africa football and also for the Arab world, because, you know, with this World Cup taking place in Qatar, a lot of Qataris, Saudi Arabians, Egyptians uh, are, are cheering for Morocco, so they are carrying the hopes of a lot of people.
1: All right, Atom, we'll have to leave it here for now. Speak to you again tomorrow. That's uh, Atom Chung, our sports correspondent. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed us today and, of course, to our guest presenter, Brian Wong, and our producer, Yuki. Now, here's the weather. Cloudy and cold with a few rain patches. The top temperature will be around 14 degrees during the day. Winds moderate to fresh northerlies, occasionally strong offshore at First, The cold weather warning is currently in force and uh, right now it's uh, 12 degrees, relative humidity
2: 93%. The Labor Department has launched the pilot rehabilitation program for employees injured at work for injured construction employees, helping them recover and return to work early. Without waiting, they can receive private rehabilitation treatment at public hospital rates with a designated person to follow up. Employers must comply with the law to report work injuries within fourteen days. Program hotline two two nine three seven triple zero.
1: It's nine thirty. The news with Andrew Sharovsky.
2: Thank you, Janice. The chair of Hong Kong's largest political party says she hopes the latest easing of COVID measures sends a strong signal to the central government and mainland society that Hong Kong is ready for a gradual reopening of the border. But Starry Lee from the DAB says she's doubtful that quarantine-free travel with the mainland can resume by the new Lunar New Year in January. Researchers say a new type of personalized vaccine to treat cancer has produced promising results during trials. The experimental therapy is based on the same mRNA